morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I am your daily host, Will Skywalker Still. Yes, indeed. One more day till Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Feel good Friday. But here we are, Thursday, February 24th. 2022 and on today's show we're going to talk about those pesky one-year deals uh one-year contracts from 2021 free agency class which of those role players do we see returning could we see returning or which of those role players should know their damn role and shut their damn mouth as my guy the rock would say so we'll go down part one We'll do part one today. There are a ton of them. I think something like eight or nine guys. So we'll look into half of those guys today, half of them tomorrow. And uh, in the roundup, we got some coaching news, some more coaching news, uh, as well as a potential cap casualty. That is not Amari Cooper. That is not Demarcus Lawrence. So we'll look into that as well from one of our A to Z article features. A to Z article features. What's up, Cowboys Nation? How y'all doing today? How y'all doing today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Uh, yeah, Professor Oh, right there. He says it right there. Make sure you check out the Barry Church interview uh, if you missed it yesterday. In fact, you know, Professor Oh, it's like you're reading my damn mind. I'm going to go ahead and play a quick little snippet from yesterday, uh, the interview that, that I did with Barry Church. Uh, that way you guys can check it out and then run it back later on uh, in the evening or the day or the morning, whatever you want to do. But here's a quick little snippet from that interview yesterday yeah most outsiders will see the big names like demarcus lawrence michael parsons trayvon diggs but i i think that j ron curse was one of the top two most important players on that defense period and you know he was given that task to wear the green dot and be the quarterback of the defense and any kind of turn into that leader essentially when you go back and look at some of the the, the tape and the uh, behind the scenes stuff but how common is it for a safety to get that responsibility to be the green dot guy or one step further, a brand new guy who's never played with that coordinator? How common is that? That it's rare. It's <laughs> extremely rare. And I don't care if you're a, you know, Tyron Matthew, Earl Thomas, safeties rarely get to wear the green dot. It is back in my playing career, I don't know if I've ever been across a safety that was able to wear a green dot. Mm. Because at that linebacker position, which the guys that are usually wearing the green dot giving all the calls, basically the quarterback of the defense, you get to recall everything to both sides, either the back end or the D-line if you're that linebacker. But being a safety and having to be able to communicate all the way down to the D-line and recall everything to everybody, it's extremely hard. And it just goes to show you how much faith and trust that Dan Quinn had in the J-Long curse to be able to give him that responsibility, to be able to say, okay, when the, when the ball is hiked or when the ball is you guys are in the huddle. We want you to be able to give the the call to everybody on the field, whether it's D-line, linebackers, corners, all that. And he did a hell of a job yeah. at that. And what also, you know, it helped with uh, it helped with Micah Parsons' development as well because now Micah Parsons didn't have to wear that green dot. He could just say, grass is not always greener on the other side. Yeah, it's a really good interview, man. <laughs> I enjoy every time I have Barry Church on the show, as you guys can see. He's a, a great guest, phenomenal guest. So make sure y'all check that out if you can. Uh, I should have dropped that link in the description, but B is always awesome, keeps it real. And like I said, 
on the show. And like I said yesterday, when it comes to safety stuff, when it comes to defense, I like to reach out to him and kind of just get his his take on it uh, when I can. So make sure I check that out, man. Appreciate you. Shout out to Norder. Tom Downey Burn Account. Appreciate you being here, man. Uh, Austin Atwood. You see, Tom, you said PA born and raised Mr. Church. We talked about that at the end of the show. If you guys missed it, uh, he's from Pittsburgh. So he was kind of excited for uh, Aaron Dom to get that Super Bowl. Uh, the Guru. What's up, man? Uh, Steven White, Marcelo B. Let me go over on YouTube first. TC915, Anthony Moore, Miss Sheila. Uh, Professor O, of course. Sin City, Alpha Mason, how you doing? Uh, Captain America, how are you, sir? Jesse Falls. What else we got over here? Adam Mac, Iceberg Q, Matt Goddix, Stage in the building. And let's get to Facebook. Austin Atwood on Facebook. John Garcia. I think CJ Richards, yep, Sunshine, Janae, Chuck P, Peter Rizzo, and the many more coming through. Appreciate you guys being here. We got Memphis in the building. Asmodeus, how are you, sir? Roger Smith, my guy, Samuel Rowe. GM Mosey, I see you guys all coming through. We're starting to get some some folks in the building now, uh, so we can go ahead and transition here to the roundup here in a quick second. But uh, before we do that, Did you guys see the news about Troy Aikman? Apparently, Troy Aikman is leaving Fox to join the Monday night football crew. Torn on this one a little bit. Uh, For the most part, Troy is not liked (laughs) in Cowboys. Really, just in general. People don't enjoy Troy for whatever reason uh, in his commentary. And I get it. He can be hard on Dallas and, and, and things like that. I don't mind Troy Aikman, the commentator. I don't. Uh, I think he's gotten to the point where he's so. He's an A-lister of commentators that you can kind of tell he's just like, man, I'm Troy. I'm saying do what I want. Uh, But when he's really in his bag, I think Troy is good. It's Joe Buck I don't really like. I mean, Joe Buck for baseball, cool. Joe Buck for football, man. So Troy's going to Monday Night Football, and it just feels weird, Cowboys Nation. Because I'm used to seeing him on Fox. He's been with Fox since like 1999 or 2000, I'm sorry, something like that. Uh, The documentary they did on, who was it, John Madden, he talked about his time being there at Fox. But I think of Fox, I think of football, and I think of, I hate to say it, if you guys don't like him, Troy Aikman. I do, because, you know, that's, he's all, all the big games. He hasn't missed an NFC Championship game in something like 15 years or whatever it's been. Uh, so him going to Monday Night Football, I'm going to say this. I feel like Monday Night Football now is the B team. Am I tripping? I, Monday Night Football to me isn't what it was when I was younger, and I know a damn sure ain't what it was when you got when the older fans were younger, like the 70s, 80s, or what have you. But it, 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 is, it doesn't even hit the same as the, the 90s and the 2000s. So Monday Night Football to me is like whatever. I'm more up for for Sunday night football, to be real. So, but yeah, man, Troy Aikman's gone apparently to Monday night football. He's about to get the bag, something like seventeen point five million per year to to call Monday night football. So that means he'll only do one Cowboys game for the most part. Tom said Monday night football is going down so much it has, and and I think a lot of it has to do with the commentary, really. I mean, they have fantastic graphics, right? The production value is is even better than it's ever been, even though I 
I'm a nostalgic type. I like some of those old school helmets clashing. Are you ready for some football? See, see, I, I get into my nostalgia bag, and that means more to me than what we have now. But the production value is still good. Yeah, Sam, uh, I'm trying to bring you guys some 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 positive energy if I can here. I know some crazy things going on in the world, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Will said he doesn't like when Troy does Cowboys games. A lot of Cowboys fans don't. Troy can be with. If you want to be real, though, go listen to Tony do Cowboys games. I've noticed that a few. Go listen to Tony. T- Tony seems to have a bit of more of an axe to pick uh, with the Cowboys than Troy does. Just saying. Appreciate you, Tom. Super chat. He says uh, ESPN was taking the SJ approach on broadcasters. Professor O, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. He says, Troy or Joe or Salma Hayek and Jessica Alba. Alba. I'm leaving that one alone. You're trying to get me in trouble. You're trying to get me in trouble. All right, man. Let's go ahead (laughs) and transition into this morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness, y'all. It's time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. This is the morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. Strive for progress, not perfection. Fitness goals are not accomplished with one workout. Progress towards your goals with Texas Family Fitness, a solution for your fitness goals. Check out any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. Got some coaching news, y'all. Got some coaching news. Apparently, and this isn't solidified just yet, so I'm not not trying to get anybody in trouble, but reports, I believe from SI.com, Mike Fisher, Cowboys are close to bringing in Joe Bowden, a former NFL player for about a decade. I actually played for the Cowboys in 2000. Uh, before that, I believe the Oilers. But he's been a linebacker coach, I believe, for the Niners. He's been a linebacker's coach in college. I think they just poached him from college, if I'm not mistaken. But looks like they're bringing him in to serve as the assistant special teams coach under Bones Fossil, replacing Matt Daniels, who took a promotion in Minnesota. Cool special teams coach news. But I think the biggest news to come out the Cowboys wire yesterday in regards to the coaches, rumor-wise, revolves around the other guy, Joe Witt Jr. It seems as if Joe Witt Jr. is staying. Y'all can't see me right now, but I'm doing the... Yes, yes, yes. We talked about Joe Witt Jr. a few weeks ago, right? Remember, we brought this up here. The statistic that seems to follow this man around everywhere he goes. I thought that Dan Quinn was number one priority free agent. And he's not even a free agent, but number one in bringing back 
to the Cowboys was Dan Quinn. Outside of that, Joe Witt Jr. was my second most important player not to lose, and this was why, for those that may have missed it. Since 2010, opponent interception thrown percentage under Joe Witt Jr. as the secondary's coach. Look at these rankings. First, first, seventh, second, eighth, tenth, fifth, and first with the Cowboys. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not a mistake. That's not an accident. That doesn't just happen. These are with three different teams. He's good at what he does. So the, to get him back is is massive. It's huge. Uh, and I think that it's the second most important Cowboys keep from the coaching wire this offseason. Joe Witt Jr., here to stay, y'all. Uh, then we got a A to Z article spotlight from our new writer, our guy, Matt Lennox. He took on the task of detailing a possible cut candidate that is not Amari Cooper, that is not Demarcus Lawrence. It's Anthony Brown. PFF names Anthony Brown a potential, well, they say likely cut candidate. Likely strong, but but. A potential cut candidate, Anthony Brown. When you look at it from the outside, you're saying, what? Anthony Brown, a good year. He did have a pretty solid year. This is what Matt had to say. For as maligned as Brown is, he had his best season in 2021. His 71 tackles, three interceptions, set career highs. He also set a career high with 17 passes defended, which tied for third league-wide amongst cornerbacks. Brown played 97% of the team's defensive snaps, which was most for any defender on the team. Now, they would save $5 million if they cut A.B., and the cornerback room would look like Diggs, Bossman, Lewis, and Nashawn Wright. But I would hold off on any of that. So you save $5 million. What are, you, what are we doing with the $5 million, Right? Like if you were if you told me the five million dollars was gonna go get you Marcus Made and goddamn it, you cut Anthony Brown right now and you go get Marcus May. But I need to know what are we doing with the five million? Is the five million to bring back Brian Anger? I'm cool. Is the five million to roll into twenty twenty three? So I hold off. I, I don't think five million dollars right this second would deter you from doing what you want to do into in the free agency period, right? So you got this right now. You got to the eighth to do the franchise tag. Dallas isn't franchise tagging anybody, ladies and gentlemen. And then not even and then right now, those contracts that have run out, you can start negotiating and signing your own guys, but there will be a window that tampering period window where the Cowboys can start looking into other teams, free agents. And then I believe the next day or two, you have full-fledged free agency. Dallas isn't participating in, in the first week. The first wave. It's not happening. So I say just wait. See what you do in free agency. Keep Anthony Brown. I, I like the cornerback room. I like it having this much competition. Look at the name. Diggs, Bossman, Lewis, Nation Wright, and Anthony Brown. And if you go out and get another cornerback in free agency or the draft, man, it's just hunger games. Best man wins. That's what I like. So I'm not with it. Do you guys want to cut Anthony Brown? I didn't take a look at the chat yet uh, for your $5 million cap saving. 
Are we in? Oh, yes or no? Yes or no? Cut Anthony Brown for $5 million on the cap. I'm no. No, no, no. And that's with me hoping and thinking that boss man will be the starter next year. Shout out to my guy, set it off. Chris in the building. I see you, brother. Yeah, we're getting a lot of no's, no's. Nah, keep them. Keep them. Tampering window. Thank you, Professor O. 314 to 316. And then obviously free agency begins on the 16th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Adrian, no, do not cut him. If they move on from him, trade him for a third. That's high. I think third third round. If I can get a third rounder for AB, I trade him right now. Seriously. Because he's on the last year of his deal. So I, I can't see a team like, yeah, I'm gonna give up a top 100 pick for one year of, of a middling corner like Anthony Brown, but he is what he is. He's a middling cornerback uh, in this league. And that's fine. You need some of those on your team. So now nah, I'm cool with it. Keep them. And then let's rock out. He's a role player. He's a role player. By the way, uh, if you guys want to call in on today's show, 351-999-3787 is the pulse of the nation call in line. Now, Brown was one of those uh, role players that seemed to step up and play above expectations in 2021, but he wasn't on the one-year deal contract like a lot of the guys we're going to talk about uh, today. But there were a ton of them. And he was at that point as, you know, a couple years ago. He was coming into his last year and played enough to, to keep around. I figured they'd bring him back. They signed him to a bigger deal than I thought, but it wasn't nothing crazy. His cap hit this year is $6.5 million, though. Uh, so that is a little bit more than I'd like. But, you know, for a quality starting corner or quality depth guy, I need it. I need it in this passing league. But which role players? Know your role and shut your mouth. Which role players do you guys want to see brought back from that 2021 free agent class? That's what we're talking about today in part one. And I want to start off with the big man. The big man. I would call him a mountain, but I already dubbed Jordan Davis that. Brent Urban. I like the Brent Urban signing a lot last year, though. Especially when, you know, Cowboys coming off a season where they couldn't stop the run for nothing. And I thought the Brent Urban, Urban signing to me was more about the why than the who. And what I mean is it showed me that Dan Quinn did not mind getting a trash can full of dirt guy, a pure run guy, a non-sexy pass rusher type undersized. You know how Rob Marinelli, yeah, we like the undersized guys. So now we're going to go out here and get a run stopping player. And then he doubled down and did it in, in the in the draft with Quentin Bohanna. Now, Urban won't wow you with the stats. He, he didn't have a lot of good stats before he tore his pec. Uh, but he did a lot of that dirty work. Once he tore his pec, uh, he tried to come back. Couldn't make it. And ended up missing in the rest of the season. From everything I hear about Brent Urban, great teammate, great guy. Good at what he does, which is help hold up against the run. 
However, he will be what, y'all, 32, 33, something like that. Might even be older than that. He's up there in age. I can't really see Brent going out there and getting a big deal anywhere, obviously. Didn't get a big deal here. He got like one year, $1.7 million or something like that. So I I come to you guys with this question because oftentimes I need your help. I need your help on this one. I love where we're at at the three-tech position. You're good. You probably don't have to do anything in free agency at the three-tech spot. But that trash can full of dirt, that one-tech, they're probably going to bring some type of free agent back or in the fold in Dallas. Should Brent Urban be brought back? Are you in or are you out? In or out on Brent Urban? In or out, in or out. Mo says bring back Urban. I'll give my opinion after I hear what you guys say. Tom says, Scott, you love watching O-line film? I love interior D-line tape. Yeah, I probably should have said this, Tom, when I was talking about Avach and O-line. I love watching the trenches, (laughs) period. The trenches, man, that is football. That's the the most fun in watching football is the trenches. Uh, Let's see what you guys got to say. Peter says he's in. Yeah, Iceberg, you kind of like me. I'm like, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you in a second, though. All are value plus. Lance Bell's in. D-Block's out. Asmodeus is in. So we're pretty split here, Cowboys Nation. Samuel Rowe, Urban, and Jordan Davis. Sheila, Ms. Sheila says, I'll keep him. Will says, I'm in. I agree, trenches rule. I saw Tom said he's not comfortable at the 3-tech. I, I'm, not, I'm not, like, sleeping great with 3-tech. But I can roll into the season and be fine at three tech. I, I, I'm not tripping. We ain't got nobody at the one tech. Nobody. So here's how I look at Brent. I go ahead and say, all right, Brent, we're going to do the same thing we did with you last year. One year deal, veteran minimum. But I probably put a clause in there that we can cut him and we, the, the dead cap or whatever it is, is nothing. Less than a million dollars. So I bring back Brent Urban for camp. I'm going to say for camp, not even for camp. I bring back Brent Urban so I can go into the draft, right? And if things don't fall quite like I I like in the first round or two or three or whatever, I know that I can at least line up and play tomorrow. I don't let Brent Urban affect my draft, but Brent Urban is depth. That's how I look at him. I don't look at him as my starter. I look at him as depth. And then we go into the draft. You try to grab your starter, right? You try to grab your four-year, five-year, whatever round it may be, guy, your anchor. And if you don't for whatever reason, uh, because I can't remember the last time, I think we talked about this too, the Cowboys drafted that type of guy, not just in the first day, period. When Bohanna got drafted, he was the first one tech type dude the Cowboys drafted since like 2000 so I don't want to go into the draft with no one techs and now I'm kind of backed up against the wall here so bring him back go into the draft get your guy and then you can go into camp you got some bodies and if Brent you know gets outplayed hey man appreciate you being here take your little $500,000 cap pit let's move you still need bodies Right? Like you still need players. So I'll bring him back, but it's not what you think. Know your role and 
All right, let's get to another guy that I think is very interesting. Carlos Watkins. Carlos Watkins, ladies and gentlemen. Redmond, Randy Watson. Sexual chocolate. All right, uh, Carlos Watkins is very interesting. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I used to do this segment kind of like Cowherd, uh, where it used to be called Where Will Went Wrong, www, on my old podcast. And if I did a Where Will Went Wrong, it'd be on Carlos Watkins. I had Carlos Watkins as a guy that was a camp body. I, I didn't like his Houston tape. I was like, man, it's just bringing this dude in here. You know, he's just going to be a camp body. We'll get out of camp. Boom. He'll be cut. Got Osa. You got Neville. You got, because I looked at him as a pure three tech. Uh, you got Tristan. No way. Carlos Watkins makes an impact. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, I told you, there's. I would love to be wrong like this. Carlos Watkins had a career year under Dan Quinn. And he played in both de- both defensive tackle spots. Uh, he started 14 games, had 32 tackles, five tackles for loss, a sack. Had that pick six. Guys, remember, I should have brought that highlight up. Carlos Watkins played well. When he's only 28, I think he'll be 29. He played himself, if we're being real, probably into a contract that's higher than a veteran minimum. So are we in or are we out on on Los? I'm a, I said all this stuff. I just beefed him up, but I'm going to say I'm out. And it's not because I don't like the guy. I just think that he deserves to get more than one year, 1.7 million or 1.5. I don't even know if he got that. You know, he got a, a very small contract. So if he wants to go get a two, three year deal, you know, upwards of five million plus, I'm good. I'm good. Uh because I'm I again, Osa, Neville Gallimore, Tristan Hill, but mostly Osa and Neville Gallimore. I feel like though I'm letting my I'm letting those guys rock out. I'm letting those guys rock out. I still view this man as a three tech. I know he plays some one but that's not the type of one. I, he's a very undersized one. Uh, but I respect what he did this year. I thought he played well. Uh, if you can get him back on another cheap year deal, one year, $1 million or whatever, sure. Hell, yeah. Again, bring him in competition, right? Bodies, right? But I don't think Brent or Carlos, if you were to bring them back, should deter you from taking one in the draft. You can't bring everybody back. So I'm going to go ahead and say Los is out. Because he can't bring everybody back. Uh, Tom said I was very surprised what they got out of Watkins. I was too. I'd love to keep him. Guru did not like what he saw from Bohanna. Wasn't impressed. Yeah, there wasn't. it wasn't an impressive season this year from Bohanna. He's got some growing to do. But uh, if you go back and look at my draft review, I did rating the draft. And I had a bunch of different categories. And one of the categories... Um, was their year one impact. I think I had his year one impact at like two, two stars, three stars, something like that. So it was fairly low. Uh, 
and him. He played that way. Watkins on a veteran minimum. That's the thing, Will. If I can get him back on a veteran minimum, cool. I, I just don't know if if I think he played himself out of a veteran minimum. Right? Like I, I go into the negotiation table if I'm Carlos Watkins agent. I say, I'm just gonna put on this pick six. I'm gonna put on this set. I'm gonna go put on this career year. I'm only 28. Quinn loved me. I started 14 games. I would, man, that's a surprise to me. I never would have thought that Carlos Watkins would have started 14 games. Not at all. Not with, with Neville. Not with uh, the way I thought Osa could come in here and, and surprise. And Osa started a lot. Uh, but they used Osa and Neville as that one-two punch. And then Brent Urban kind of was that run guy. So let's go to the next guy, which I think is really easy here. But I just want to shout him out. Uh, offensive tackle Ty Inseki. Ty and Seki, I thought, you know, another guy, there's no way he's going to make it through. Um, after I saw him, by the way, when they signed him, I'm like, hey, quality swing tackle. But then in training camp, you know, all the reports came out. He was looking rough. I'm like, well, they're not going to bring him on the roster, are they? And they did. They did. They brought him on the roster. Uh, he played 145 snaps, all of them exclusively pretty much at left tackle. And I thought he performed admirably. I did. I thought he was he was okay. But I'm going to just tell you right now, I'm out. I mean, <laughs> I'm not even going to sugarcoat this one. Um, th- this is just along the same lines of Cam Irving swing tackle, C- Cam Fleming swing tackle. You know, the veteran swing tackle that Dallas Cowboys bring in every year. That's that's what Titan Seki is. So you guys in or out on bringing Titan Seki back. Mind y'all, he's 36 years old. He'll be 37 in the middle of the season. Um I thought it was important to keep him for for competition when we didn't know if Steele was the guy, when we didn't know if Josh Ball would do anything. But Steele, at the very, very least, proved that he could at least be a swing tackle. Most of us are like, hey, man, he can compete for a starting right tackle job. But at the very least, he showed that he can compete for the swing job. So you don't, I don't think you really need to bring back a tie in Seki, especially when you got a ball out there, right? Like when 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 Josh Ball you drafted in the fourth round, fifth round, whichever it was, he's still out there, and you need to see what he has. You don't want a progress stopper like Ty Nseki. So while I appreciate what he did. I'm out on Ty Nseki, uh, and I and I give that swing job to Steel at the very least, and we'll see what happens moving forward because it could be more. Um, Price, says Stephen White. Well, the price would literally be minimum. I, I can't, I don't even know what he got last year, but I highly doubt it was it was anything more than a vet minimum. That's the thing with the Cowboys. They, they paid, they hit on a lot of these dudes, honestly, in the sense of these guys did enough to help. They weren't these overly impactful guys like a J. Ron Curse. That is an outlier. But they did enough to help. And I, and I got a feeling that Stephen Jones is going to say, see, all those one-year deals, cheap deals we did, shopping that family dollar, that worked. Let's go out and do it again. See a tie, buy tie, everyone is out. I think you should be out on tie in a second. I, you know, he did what he did. He was fine. You know, I appreciate You know, I appreciate it. Uh, Brian says, I think Bo, speaking of Bo Hannah, it's better in year two. He'll come back stronger. He lost about 20 pounds after his collegiate season. 
uh, one true offseason as a pro will get him stronger and more sturdy. I, I agree. I think that Bo will be better. Um, I'm not even expecting Bo Hanna to be Vince Wilfork. He's a six-round one-tech. I, I would just like to have a respectable role play. And you get a W out of that draft pick. I don't think I've ever seen a guy carry around 330, 40 pounds like him. He doesn't look it. Uh, but uh, again, another off season, peanut butter, as Vach says, get in that weight room. I think he'll play better. Guru says, I like a better option than ties too old. I, yeah, we can look at that. We can go in and look at some potential swing tackles. Cause Dallas is probably going to do that. I, I think I still would, even with Terrence still in the house. It's a possibility Terrence still could be your starter. Uh, so you may need to have another guy in, in, in the fold. We don't know about Josh Ball. I, I, I'm not trying to be ignorant with Josh, but bring in a vet, another veteran Titan Secchi type. You get into camp, and now you got three or four backup tackles. Let the best two win. Yes, absolutely. Tom says, just goes to show you how shallow the talent pool for quality O-line is. Exactly. And that's why we talked about yesterday when uh, we were talking about trading guys on the O-line. Nah, I ain't trading nobody. I mean, unless the trade is, is a really damn good deal. You get a haul, but I'm keeping all the talent that I can. Uh, and then we'll sort that thing out. We'll sort that thing out. All right, then finally, and this was the one that is the biggest name of today, of part one. And that's defensive back Malik Hooker. This is going to be very interesting to follow with Malik Hooker because, as we all know, he was an injured guy. He was an oft-injured guy, talented guy, Ohio State product, uh, came into the league, played well, got hurt. The, the competition last year was, do you sign Hooker or KZ? KZ will be tomorrow, but... Sign Hooker KZ, they end up signing both of these dudes. And I think the number one stat for Malik Hooker, his best stat, ain't tackles, ain't picks, ain't pressures. He played a career high 15 games. That should be his biggest get going into the offseason to try to get a contract, to try to get a good deal. I played. <laughs> I'm healthy. And because I was healthy, I didn't necessarily have a career year, but I did more things this season, in my opinion, than I've ever done before. If you go, if you guys go back and look at a season, he played what uh, Okoye dubbed the sphere role, meaning he wasn't that roof guy that we thought. He was basically a guy that was all over the place. And I thought his best game uh, of the season was actually against the Giants, where he showed off that ability to be everywhere. You know, I thought he played his role really well once he got into the groove of things. And I think that's the lens that you have to view Malik Hooker's season in. You have to view it as a role player. Forty-four tackles, one tackle for loss, one pick, two pass breakups, and again, I think his 
his role. The stats don't do it all justice. Quinn used him greatly, in my opinion. I don't know that I've seen an assistant coach be able to rotate guys as well as Quinn did with the KZs, the Hookers, the uh, the Donovan Wilsons, and the J. Ron Curses. He did a phenomenal job. I'm with everybody in here. <laughs> Keep. I am all for bringing back Malik Hooker. Now, it wasn't perfect, and, and you know, while he was definitely better and he impressed around the box, he could still get a little bit better in regards to his tackling. I know you're probably like, what? Look at that tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he impressed, in my opinion, around the box. But he had a career-high nine missed tackles this year and a career-high missed tackle percentage of 17. I'm going I'm to chalk that up to the fact that he played more down there than he was just a terrible tackler. I thought he put better tackling tape this season than he did in any of his years in Indianapolis. So I'm all for bringing back Malik Hooker. And I think you almost have to try to bring back Malik Hooker because who else you got back there? We talked about this before. Right now, as we speak, Cowboys Nation, all you have is Israel McQuamu and Donovan Wilson as safety. And before you hit free agency, you go look at your own guys. You evaluate your own guys. What you don't want to do, which we tend to, is put your guys on a pedestal. You got to try to be objective. And if I'm being objective, looking at Malik Hooker's season, I thought he did enough to be the guy at free safety if need be. And here's here's the biggest caveat. The Cowboys are not going to go out and sign a big-name free agent, right? Hopefully it could be Marcus May. The Cowboys aren't going to go out and draft a guy in the first two, three rounds to be your starting safety. So if the Cowboys are going to do Cowboys things, then give me the devil I do know, and that is Malik Hooker. And it's not like he doesn't have talent. So I'd bring him back, but you also cannot completely ignore the fact that he has been a hurt guy his entire career. That will continue to hover over his name. He's a hurt guy. So, yeah, you bring back Malik Hooker if you can, depending on the price tag, but you also still address the position. Yeah, Chris, you know, I don't know if you're new here, brother. Dax Hill, Jaquan Brisker. I, I love I love the safety position, man, uh, but I've come to the conclusion until it happens, I'm no longer investing my heart into a safety in the top three rounds of this draft, of any draft, until it happens. I uh, got my hopes up last year. I really thought there's no way they're not going to take a safety in the top three rounds. And once Morehead got drafted, actually, I think they traded up for him. There were still other guys there, Javon Highlands, things like that. I believe there were still other guys there, still guys there in the third, still guys there in the fourth, and they continue to pass over him. So to me, they don't prioritize the position. So I'm just not getting my hopes up anymore. Uh, but, but I'll continue to look at these guys like Dax and Jaquan and, my favorite guy has always been Kyle Hamilton. I think he's going to be an absolute super star in this league. I'd freaking listen. I'd, I'd do a Saints type trade. <laughs> give me some Kyle Hamilton. Ricky Williams. Here. Seriously, man. Uh, Tom said, I'd rather pay a damn safety, some quality free agents. That's the thing, man. Listen, 
we know how it is in Dallas. I would listen. We looked. We we talked about that list yesterday. The Honey Badgers, right? The the Marcus Williams. There, there's top elite guys hitting this market. Jesse Bates will probably get franchise tag, but there's top guys hitting this market. I would love to pay. I would love to pay, but I, but I'm operating in reality. Reality, Malik Hooker fits Catboy criteria. Tyran Matthew doesn't. C says, bring Hooker back. Dallas plays with a safety position, or plays with the safety position too much. Professor O says, Hooker's best play went completely unnoticed because San Fran scored on the play, uh, but he set the edge better than any DB has had in years. It was perfect. No backside help, though. Are we talking about uh, the Debo Samuels tutty? Where he cut it back in and, and just nobody was there? Uh, Tyler Coyle. Got a chance to see Tyler call you up close and personal at training camp. I like the kid. I like the kid's size. I like the kid's uh, athletic ability. I, I just, again, undrafted guys in Dallas is at that safety position just haven't panned out that much. Jeff Heath is a, you know, he should have never been the starting guy. He should have been what he was, was the third rotational dude. So I just wish they would stop playing with that position, man. Stop playing with that position. And, and, and draft a Malik Hooker. And what I mean is, Malik was drafted in the first round. Sooner or later, they'll figure it out. <laughs> Sean said, what's your safe word? I don't know yet. We haven't figured it out. As y'all can tell, I get very passionate. Very, very passionate, man. Marcus May could be the answer, though, y'all. Talked about it yesterday. Marcus May could be the answer. And that's the other thing, TC915. Uh, maybe they give Dan Quinn a bigger voice in the draft room this year since he proved he knows what he's doing and what he needs. I say they definitely draft. They finally draft a safety this year. When? It's not a matter of drafting it, right? When do they do it, TC? Because we know they'll draft one in the fifth. We know they'll draft one in the sixth. We'll know they, dra- we'll know they draft one in the seventh. Will they take one in day one? Will they take one in day two? Haven't done that in a long time. Long time. Uh, Professor O thinks that May is more realistic than people may expect. I mean, if that one year $6 million is true, he absolutely is realistic. I don't know how true that one is, though. But if he's anywhere close to one year $6 million projection that we talked about, I believe I might still have it up. Yeah. That we talked about yesterday, or whenever it was, then yeah, all day and tomorrow I'll go after him, and he fits the Catboy criteria. If they were willing to give five million dollars to Keanu Neal to switch from safety to linebacker, well, damn it, you better be willing to pay six million dollars to go get you a Pro Bowl uh, leader type of guy in Marcus May. Stop playing. Right? Stop playing. In fact, I try to sneak one in there. Hey, bro, give you a two-year deal. <laughs> give you a two-year deal. But what you could technically do, though, is is give Marcus May the one year. If he balls out, balls out, you tag him. That'd be morally wrong because he was already tagged, got hurt, play on a cheap prove deal, proves himself, and you tag him again. It's kind of messed up. <clears throat> Let's 
Stephen says, we need the money for the line. In what way, Stephen? Who do we have to sign on the line? All the guys are there. Tyron's here. Lyle's here. Still's here. Zach's here. And what else am I missing? Biotish. They're all here. So they don't need to, to sign anybody there. So uh, I think the line you can address via the draft. Via the draft. And he said, wait till the superstar contracts come up for Diggs, Lamb, and Micah. Well, we've got ways to go there. Uh, I think the the landscape, uh, financial landscape of the NFL and the financial landscape of the Cowboys will be completely different uh, once you get to Diggs, Lamb, and Micah. Micah, you got four more years of Micah. Hey, completely different. C.D. Lamb, you got three more years. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. So, you know, that's something we'll visit down the line. But right now, you got to take advantage of the fact that you have these guys under contract, right? Uh, for the cheap. Go get it. Our guy Mauricio Rodriguez did a show, was it yesterday or two days ago, about what an all-in Rams-like situation could be for the Cowboys. They need to do this now. They need to do it now. The core of their team is still here. They still have guys like a Malik Hooker they could bring back on the cheap and go after this thing. Yeah, there's a ton of unrestricted free agents a whole bunch of them the whole entire 2018 class all these guys from the free agency 2021 free agent class but again when we went and looked it wasn't like you were losing immense guy i mean jay ron you want to bring him back but other than that i mean you're talking about guys that you could adequately replace but you gotta be wanting to do it shopping at Family dollar is not wanting to do it. It's repeating the same thing you've done over the last five, six, seven years. You got to want to do it, man. Uh, They're not going to do, Reek said, they're not going to do what they don't care about winning. Okay, yeah, yeah. You would hope they would, right? Um, Give us a mini mock. Oh, well, I can't give you a mini mock off the top of my head. What I like to do, Chandra, is if you noticed last year, I don't like to do all the crazy mock drafts. Um, the mock draft I will do will likely be a video, but maybe I'll do it live with you guys or the video and then come back and do it live. I like to do a quick little short one, like three rounder. Once you get past about four, five, what are we doing here? But the, I feel like the first three, you could potentially be in a realistic mindset of who you can get. So we're going to do that. I want to wait till... We get through, A, the first or two waves of free agency, and B, the combine, and we'll come on here and we'll do a mock. I'm not one of the guys that just do all the mocks. That just ain't me. I, I, nothing against those guys, but uh, that ain't me. That ain't me. I usually, if I go through it in my spare time, it's to get familiar with maybe where guys are falling in the draft media world, uh, familiar with some names I may not even heard of. And I said, let me go look at this person here. So we'll take a look at that. Uh, Brandon said, as far as draft is concerned, the highest they'd go after a safety is maybe Jalen Petrie. And he looked at it as like a second round guy. For all my drafters out there. If Petrie is, is the guy, you know, they think is realistic. Believe it when I see it, Cowboys Nation. Tell me I'm wrong. 351 
I might not even mock a safety to the Cowboys in the first three rounds because they don't do it. And I'm not operating under what I want. I'm operating under how would the Cowboys do this? Sean, you said those guys uh, you want to pay before their deal was over to get another deal on them. Uh, Mike and Lamb, for sure, they're superstars. Yep. Lamb and, well, Mike, again, ways to go. Uh, but Lamb, Lamb will be after this year. So you're able to technically extend Lamb and Diggs, technically, after this season if you want. You don't have to do it on Lamb for two whole more years because they'll probably put the fifth-year tender on him. Uh, but again, getting out in front of a guy like Lamb is easy. That's an easy one. Diggs, easy one. Um, that that's that's not going to break you because you can you can move that money around pretty well. But after twenty the, after this season, you can technically start the negotiation process process uh, with those two players. Micah is not going to be for a bit. Oh, I didn't mute this here. All right, we got Rico on the line. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, Sky? Cowboy Nation, stand up. Like, like, share, subscribe, you, all that good stuff. Uh, I was just sitting and thinking about what you, like, what you saying, man. It's like the all-in, the Rams went all-in. And uh, quiet as kept, the Bengals did too. You know what I mean? Because they, they, they signed a lot of free agents too. They did. Um, my, my thing is like, do Jerry Jones them sit back and just think about like this year and the schedule that we had? The uh, we didn't have that many injuries on this team, and we had a even though we had a, a, a first to, uh, first first round uh, good opponent good opponent in the first round. It's like damn, do he sit back sometimes? Him sneak sit back like damn, the Rams just built their stadium. They just went back to Los Angeles. Not that many years ago. Mm. You know what I mean? What has been a couple years since they, they, they built that stadium? Uh, and they won the Super Bowl. They got to host the Super Bowl in their own house and won it. It's like, come on, man. What are we doing here, man? It's like, I mean, okay, man. You know, I'll, I'll go a step further. The last two teams went all in. Like, like, no one talks about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they absolutely had an all-in mentality. Let's go get uh, Leonard Fournette. Let's go get Antonio Brown. Let's go get Grock. Let's go get Tom, right? Let's go mm-hmm. get uh, uh, who was uh, who am I missing here? I already I already said uh, Ant- Antonio Brown. They didn't sit on their hands even in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. They went out and got guys. So I, you know it might not have been as all-in as the Rams. It was just a different version of it. Uh, and, and like you said with the Bengals, it, it wasn't an all-in approach like the Rams, but they, they made significant free agent signings over the last two seasons to help them get where they are. So, yeah, man, it, the, the, the blueprint yeah, is there. Yeah, because it's like, okay, if, why, why are we being so stubborn? Uh, why not by not signing people in the beginning? Uh, okay, sign some of your players back that want to come back. Uh, that, that's going to work out for the team. Sign some people in free agency draft well we do that and uh if we if we need a, a piece or two that we somebody's coming on a, a last year in a contract that we could trade up trade and get in the season that that can make a uh that like odell for the rams you know what i'm saying basically not really giving up too much 
to go get him no. so he can come over here and help us win the Super Bowl. It's like, where's the thinking at for that? It's like, once, once, once we already got our team to set in stone, like, what, what's going this, on? And then when they sign people, it's like people that's, that's bums. You know what I'm saying? The, at the end of the day. The thinking is it's right in front of us. We, we just don't like it. The thinking is I value my draft picks over anything. The Cowboys, it took, and people, and I'm not even giving him credit anymore for the Amari Cooper. He, he had his back against the wall. He had to do something. The season was going down the tanks with that ridiculous wide receiver by committee. But he values his draft picks over anything. So he's not going to trade any, any picks for anybody midseason. You know, we, he talks about it being a 365-day uh, talent acquisition year. No, it's not. It is It is pretty much March, April, May for the draft, and then maybe sometime in July they'll sign the free agent, uh, and then we're rocking. There is no more quality guys being brought in during the season. Yeah, man, because I'm like, you know, I, I need Jerry Jones to be like, I know you remember everybody that watched this movie, The Five Heartbeats. Uh, when they had like they was uh, they was scared and timid to go up on the stage, and people was already against them and booing them. I need Jerry Jones to be like Duck and go ahead and move that big boy out my way so I can play this piano and we gonna come out here and rip the show. That's what I need. I need Jerry Jones to say, "Well, Steven, sit your ass down. I'm gonna do this because yeah. I want to win before I, before it's my time." I'm about to get you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm about to you pull know, up that video. Yeah, man, I, I need I need this team to take take I need these owners uh, Jerry to take charge. Quit telling us these old stories. We don't give a damn about that, bro. It's time to, to finish it out with a win, man. Finish it out with a win, man, so we can remember you as like okay, yeah, we had the best, one of the best owners ever for this franchise in the league history, bro. Because you're just feeding us bullshit. We we tired of it. Yeah, it's like you, everything you saying falling on deaf ears right now. Okay, we we love we we love our brand, you know what I mean. We love our team, we love our brand, but damn, it's more to that, man. Damn, we want to we tired of going to the damn water cooler in the morning after we, you know, getting beat down and got to hear all these people mouth, man. It's like damn, bro, cut it out, man. Let's win, man. Let's go get something. But that's all I gotta say, man. I, I holler at you, Scott, man. We'll go right, back to listening. Appreciate you, bro. I couldn't get past the five heartbeats. I like that one. Uh, appreciate you, Marcus Flores Young, for the one ninety nine donation. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, Stephen White said, "If safeties are making hundred tackles, that means you need better alignment. It all depends on the role, right? Like, like where our guy Curse was lined up. I don't look at it as a a negative thing because he was more in the box anyway. It was more like a linebacker anyway. But if Demonte KZ." If Malik Hooker, if Anthony Brown is getting 90, 100 tackles, you got a problem, sir. You got a problem. Got my guy Glenn in the building. What's up, Glenn? Hey, what's good, Scott? What's going on, man? How you doing? uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything going well. Uh, Great show as usual. Love listening to uh, the analysis. Um. So I totally agree that the um, the Cowboys have definitely overvalued. It seems like they go to extremes, right? It's either one extreme where, and I know I'm going back, 
you know, you, you, you trade first round picks for Joey Galloway, Roy Williams, uh, and then you throw a bunch of money at guys like, uh, you know, the Brandon Carr deal. Um, some of the others are, are slipping my mind, but I think, I think what happens is that Jerry gets some kind of, uh, you know, PTSD, sports trade PTSD or acquisition PTSD, right? And so, and so he goes to the other extreme where he doesn't want to make any moves. Well, I don't know if you've done this analysis, but I, I, I think Jerry over the last maybe five years has been obsessed with trying to get the compensatory pick, right? We all know the Cowboys have become like rehab central where, you know, give us your tired, your wounded, your, your, your players who are yeah. looking to get their careers back on track. And then once they, uh, you know, get shined up by the star, they go out and they get the, the deal that, uh, that, that they really wanted the year before. And then in exchange, the Cowboys get a compensatory pick or two. They get to feel great about themselves because they have a couple of extra, extra draft picks yeah. on draft night. Well, <clears throat> that only gets you so far, as you and I know. You can't get over the hump by being the king of the compensatory pick. So – I would like, uh, and I haven't seen this anywhere. Maybe you've done it on a prior show. What have the Cowboys done with those compensatory picks over the past five or six years? I'd really love to see that. I know you mentioned Doc was one, which was fantastic. That's but the only one probably I can think of worthy uh, of really being like, ha ha, the compensatory pick. Uh, it's it's a good, I think, ace in a hole to have. But I'm, I'm with you if if you're basing your off-season uh, process on compensatory picks, that is a flawed idea, in my opinion. Oh, it, it, it totally is. But here's why I'm not totally killing them for it a little bit, and, and this is where uh, I think you and I, we talked about this before. I'm okay with that if my roster is not at the level where I think I'm right there. And I think the last couple of years our defense is, you know, it's been a work in, pro- in a, a work in progress. Last year, they they were much better. I, I was just hoping to get into the top twenty. I said, if, if Dan Quinn can get us to number twenty, I'm good. And they exceeded those expectations. So, with that being said, why don't the Cowboys, instead of you know trying to release Amari Cooper or trying to you know pick between Gregory or D-Law, this is the year you actually talk restructure. Uh, Amari Cooper, to me, it, it, it seems like he's a prime candidate for the restructure. Same thing with with uh, with D-Law. Those two players, okay, maybe the stats don't jump off the page, but if you're watching the games, nobody sets the edge like Demarcus Lawrence. Glenn, I mean, his ability to set that edge yeah. is unbelievable, and that doesn't get enough credit right there. I, I, I want for the eye test people, because because we, we you know I'm, I'm being a little trolly here. But we get a lot of people that, if you throw numbers about a certain player out there, they're like, oh, no, no, I test. Well, if you go and put on the tape of Demarcus Lawrence, you cannot tell me by the eye test that he is not an impact player when he played for the Dallas Cowboys last year. He absolutely was. Now, I'll give you this. If you're worried about him, his health, because he broke his foot now twice, that, that is a real worry in regards to a restructure, but then I'll, I'll play devil's advocate to my devil's advocate. 
I don't give a damn if it's going to get me a Super Bowl ring in the next two to three years. I don't care what my cap looks like in 2026. I don't. So I'm with you. You want to free up space and keep your talent, restructure D-Law, restructure Cooper. They're still here on this team. You got money. Go out and add on to this thing and go try to get a goddamn Super Bowl ring. Spare me, Cap. Spare it. Totally, totally with you, and I and I, and I'll leave you leave you with this. Um, I'm a little concerned that, and I've never thought that Jerry was the type of owner to not really actually want to see everyone succeed. I'm a little concerned that Jerry's thinking in the back of his mind, you know what? It doesn't really matter what I do this year because I have Sean Payton waiting. Mm. It makes me wonder: is he all in? I don't want to speculate too much, but there if I'm go. Mike McCarthy. And I see that my owner, who has historically been willing to do really whatever it takes to be successful, if I see him kind of sitting on his hands and letting everybody go out the door, and then in return you're not getting anybody, I, I start to wonder, is the fix in for me to fail? And I, I just, I don't like saying that because Jerry's really not that kind of an owner, but I wouldn't put it past him in light of the disappointment this year that he's like, you know what, I'm just going to do, you know, stand pat. Sean Payton comes in and then go all in. That's not how the NFL works. You got to strike while the iron is yeah. hot. This team is ready. Just restructure and then go ahead and get your free agents. And man, this this team is loaded. But I but I fear that McCarthy is being set up a little bit. I'll I'll take your analysis off off there. Great show. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you as always, Glenn. Good stuff. You know, it's hard for me to argue that. As people say, the fix is in. It's hard for me to argue that there's some type of tinfoil hat stuff going on with the whole Sean Payton McCarthy thing, or just just forget Sean. We only got to talk about Sean. It, to me, it doesn't feel like McCarthy is Jerry's guy. And and again, I I don't know that he should be all in on McCarthy. He should be all in on his goddamn football team. Uh, but McCarthy does. I thought. I think McCarthy deserves to try to give it another go round unless there's an, another option out there that doesn't cost you draft picks or whatever. If you weren't going to go get a Mike McDaniels, if you weren't going to go get one of these other coaches right away after this thing was over, run it back. And that's what they're doing. Uh, but, but it's, Hey, I'm not mad at your gun for saying that it feels a little weird. You know, when you hear Jerry come out, not, you know, show glowing reviews for Mike McCarthy. And then they bring back Quinn and we find out, tells Quinn and more, Hey, you know, you can be a head coach here. Then all of a sudden, he, you know, they have a conversation with McCarthy and McCarthy says this and that it feels so weird. This is so dumb. And you don't really see this anywhere else in the national football league. It, it could be Jerry trying to get the Cowboys out there um, during the dead period. I don't watch the big networks, but I saw um, tweets about, Big networks talking about the Cowboys bringing back their coordinators. It's February. You're talking about the Cowboys coordinators? I get it. Get the clicks, man. Get the clicks. Uh, appreciate you to my guy. Super chat. B Bird. He says, Dallas Cowboys calendar. First day of free agency, March 23rd. The Jones' first week of free agency is spent on the Jones family vacation. Seriously. Ooh. I don't think you're li- I mean, I know I might laugh at this, but I think you're right. If I can recall, I think last year he was on vacation uh, during the first week of free agency. And it wouldn't shock me if they do that again. Which, again, I'm not saying you always got to be active in the first wave, but you should definitely participate. And participation means 
hook up the phone here. Hey, Tyrant, I think you can come in here for 10 mil. Hey, whoever else, right? Get on the phone. Get on the horns. Try to work some trades. Try, do something. Nothing works out cool. But Steven told you. He told us. Don't participate in that crap. He's not totally wrong. A lot of these players do get overpaid. But if the talent is better than what you have and you think it can help elevate you closer to getting to a Super Bowl, do what you got to do. Deal with the ramifications later. Only if the talent is worth it. Uh, Glenn talked about them doing extremes and he brought up the Brandon Carr situation, the Roy Williams. To me, those feel like uh, when Dallas thought they were one player away. I hate the whole one player away thing. They used to say that sometimes too. You're never just one player away. I mean, you could argue Tom Brady, Tampa, right? But he had a ton of players there before. But usually you could bring in multiple players to be multiple players away. And I have to bring up the Rams. The Rams continually churn their roster with top tier talent because they don't feel just one player is going to help. Hell, let's go get two. Let's go get three. And that's what I wish Dallas would do. You know, get rid of the one player away mentality and say, we're going to collect infinity, infinity stones. We want all the good players if we can. You know, I don't think they really want that because they, they look at it as a, a money pit. And I'm at the point now, Cowboys Nation, and you should be at the same point. Spare me the, the cap. Spare me that, man. It's been 27 years. What's the mean? It's been 84 years. The Titanic meme. Hope like hell we ain't saying that. I don't care if we're negative billion dollars in the cap if we got a Super Bowl ring. There was a point in time this year and, and last year people were talking about building a dynasty. And I kept saying, I, shit. do I still have my thing? Uh, Shut up. Say it again. Say something now. Oh, dynasty. say something else. Say something. Boy, if you dynasty. See, I love my Cowboys. I love my Cowboys fans, but I'll be real close to, to saying some stuff when I hear people talk like that. Act like we ain't won two playoff games in 27 years before we bring up the word dynasty. Whatever it takes, Captain America. Whatever it takes. Michael said Jerry was on a yacht for the draft. Yeah, yeah, that was the COVID year. I thought that was pretty cool. Though. Hey, Yacht Jerry got us uh, CD Lamb, so I ain't tripping. Jay says uh, free agency works when you ask your coordinators what they need for their system. See, if y'all could see our, our chat, our group chat yesterday, I jokingly said something like, man, when you got players like Lamb, Cooper, Zeke, when he healthy, TP, Gallup, Jarwin, Schultz, you don't even got to include them if you don't want to. Jokingly, I said, man, forget a scheme. All your plays should be individual plays to get these individuals the rock tongue in cheek obviously you need a scheme if these these players aren't always going to be around but i'm looking at it as i'm like a kid in a candy store i am dialing up what is the best play to get coop in the best position we're gonna have 10 of those what is the best play to get lamb in the best position we're gonna have 10 of those or whatever it is pollard all these guys in a second and five Coop comes to you, Lamb comes to you. Hey, they playing me this way, coach. Boom. 
I know exactly the play to go to. And I'm, I'm just speaking as a Monday morning quarterback. But seriously, when you got these many playmakers, I shouldn't need a scheme per se. Tongue in cheek, once again. But I should have a ton of plays to get these guys the rock. Figure out your your, your rotation, your momentum of the plays, and by mid mid season, you should be in a good group. Too many damn playmakers to be like, nah, y'all got to fit this. <laughs> Instead of, no, I'm going to fit y'all. Tom Don, appreciate the, the super chat. Super chat. Sky, at what point does our brand start to take a hit? The people who actually saw Dallas win are north of 30, yeah. I don't know what keeps younger fans hopeful, to be honest. That's a good question. I don't know how many younger fans we got in here. Um, loyalty. Right? Loyalty. I I can't see myself. I, I'm not on the younger fan spectrum, but I'm just above it. I'm not. I, I've never been a bandwagon guy, so maybe it's, it's that. But what the hell made them a fan in the first place? Probably because their parents are fans. That's probably what that was. Daniel says, Scott, don't you think uh, it's time for Kellen to get the F out of Dallas? He's not a guru. Um, I would have been perfectly fine moving on from Kellen more. I would have. And, and I say that knowing that I think he'll become a better coordinator in his career. I just don't want to continue to see him learn on the job in Dallas. Unfortunately, he is. So all I can do is hope and pray that he bites, copies, whatever, some of these other schemes, plays, systems in the NFL and tailors it to this team. That's how you learn, man. You got to continue to get better. Man, y'all killing it in this chat today. Really killing it. Uh, can only lose for so long. I'm with you, Tom. I'm with you. All right, I'm going to get to a couple more here in the chat, and then we're going to head on up out of here. Uh, Mike says, I'm with you, Michael Gibson. I'm with you, Skywalker. Forget the cap. Let's get some guys in here and uh, that are better than what we have. Yeah. I'm, I don't know how many times I can say it. We're going to say it a million times this season. A million times. I think. All right, we got a younger fan in here. Before I go, I truly want to have this conversation with you, Ivan. Ivan says, I'm a younger fan, but F this. Ivan, first question, how did you become a Cowboy fan? Number one. Number two, is it more frustrating to be a, a younger fan that never saw the glory or an older fan that saw the glory, but it keeps getting older and older and older. I think that's a legitimate argument within Cowboys, not even an argument, a legitimate feeling question within Cowboys nation. If you never saw it, that's to be frustrating. But if you have seen it, you know what it takes per se, I guess, you know, that feeling, but you feel like you're never going to get it back. Boy, that has to be torture. That has to be torture. Uh, Jay said, I'm a young fan. Believe it or not, never seen the Lombardi come to Dallas. I thought you I thought you were kind of up there with, with me, Jay. I did. Esther said, I was born in 96. Yes, you are on the young fan spectrum, brother. So you are in that category of you never seen it. Marcus says, 22. So you are definitely a young fan, Marcus. Been a fan since I can remember. Uh, first season of Real was watching the 13-3 and three Romo season, I'm guessing 2007. Uh, the 2007 season. Yeah, so that makes sense too, right? If you were a kid 
I'll I'll even say in two thousand and when did Parcells take us to two thousand three, uh, with Quincy Carter. You but hey, you know, got to the playoffs, right? Hey, great, feeling great. A couple years later, you get back to the playoffs, then thirteen to three. You feel like you're on your way to a Super Bowl at some point. And at that time frame in two thousand and three, you were only removed seven years from the Super Bowl. And droughts happened, so it wasn't that big of a deal, even if you were an older fan. I think it was mid Romo years where you got to the point that wait a minute. We're starting to see trends. Uh, we're starting to see a, a change in a championship mentality from Jerry, right? And we start to see the shift towards Steven. And now we're starting to see trends again just with Steven. And these things aren't working. I feel you, B-Bird. The older you get, the better you get. Let's just go ahead and say this. End it on this one. Young fan, old fan. We all pissed the hell off. We all pissed the hell off. Love y'all, Cowboys Nation. Make sure y'all check out A to Z Sports Primetime later tonight, the final show of the week for our guy, Mauricio Rodriguez. And if you have not checked out the church video, I'll go and give you a little snippet again of uh, yesterday's vid. And every time he comes on, church is awesome. Hey, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Mm. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> Oh, man, always enjoy bringing on Barry Church into the program. Going to continue to try to get you guys uh, some more interviews as we move forward. Those type of interviews will actually be uploaded on the podcast platform. Look out for the Real with Steel podcast. Um, it'll be separate from the lives. Right now, though, it'll be under that. It's confusing. I'm sorry. But at, at one point, it'll be separate from the live podcast stream. So I'm actually uploading that today. So make sure y'all, y'all check that out. Uh, then check out a to z sports dallas.com for all the great articles, including the one uh, that we had up, like I said, from Matt Goddix, PFF names Cowboys quarterback Anthony Brown, a likely cut candidate. Check that out, see what his take is on that. And then if you missed the entire show, hashtag run that thing back. You know how we do. Run it back. Appreciate you guys. I'm going to go ahead and press this button, get on up out of here. Make sure y'all keep on rocking out. We'll be back tomorrow with part two, part two of, let me go ahead and press this one too while we got it. Part two tomorrow, guys. Can't wait. Should be a fun one. Be Fan Friday, so I'll probably drop the mailbag segment. Make sure y'all check us out. Ask all your questions. We'll get it here on the show. Love y'all. Have a good day. Peace. We don't want that one. That's not the one we want. That's the one we want. <laughs> Salute to the my guy, Professor O, in the building today.
I want me some glory hope.